The Level Down Games podcast for February 16th, 2021 is presented by leveldowngames.com. Fabricating doors in honor of Dan, this is the Level Down Games Podcast. Welcome home! For the uninitiated, the LDG Podcast is a weekly breakfast powwow amongst the crew at Level Down Games. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this morning, host of the Media Files every single Friday, it's Kyle. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Kyle. Nice of you to uh, to be here this morning. Nice of you nice to have to a- be here. A laptop that's working correctly now. Sort of. Sort of. But we're okay. We're here. We're awake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Sean just got struck by his wife. <laughs> I set my head on the desk because I dropped a chunk of donut on the floor and I didn't want to get the rabbit sick. <laughs> that hurt like a mother. Oh, man. And, and as you can tell, rounding out the crew this week, the guy in the sound booth banging his head on a desk at Sean. <laughs> what? No, go ahead. You Ow. saved your donut at least? Yeah, man, it still tastes good. So I don't think we're that bad. I don't think we're that hurt. Five second rule. <laughs> man, it's like 28 in this house. What kind of donut are you eating? I got that old fashioned glaze, baby. Okay. Ugh. We're doing it. We're Just doing standard it. plain donut. Well, no, the old fashioned is the that's the buttermilk, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's, a, that's like a plain donut to me. That's, that's just like a favorite. glazed donut. No, Lindsay dies for an old fashioned, dude. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a cream filled guy. I go like a Boston cream. <laughs> you like the cream? Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> no, go ahead. Spe- special shout out to Midnight Playtime and Neon Dan over on Woo! Twitter at Neon Dan TV. For providing the music to the Level Down Games podcast, go check him out over on Twitter and hit up his Bandcamp at midnightplaytime.bandcamp.com to listen to more really excellent synthwave vibes. Yeah, we're missing uh, streamer Dan this week. He has been, if you listen to any of our other content, he talked about it on Hit Our Music, may have even talked about it on the Media Files. We had a double dose of Dan this past Friday. We put up an episode of both shows and he was on each. So, Dan uh, Deep throw. It, was, it was Dan Day, exactly. So go check those out if you missed them. But uh, he, he's been very busy at work. Pulled a 16-hour shift yesterday and just is tired this morning. So we're going to go without him. But that's okay. Rip. That's okay. Not like he had anything good to say anyway. I'm just kidding, Dan. Got him! Let's kick the old sad anus off this week with a game that honestly just came out. And I wasn't sure if I would be able to talk about it this week or not, but I'm glad I get to. I want to talk some Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Like I said, it just came out on the Switch. What was it like Thursday, Friday, yesterday? God, I don't even know what day it is sometimes. Came out yesterday. It came and, out Thursday, I thought. Well, Thursday night at midnight, basically. Okay, okay, fair right? enough. Right, so Friday at midnight or whenever it turned Friday. And whenever it was midnight in your time zone. Hey, Mario. You were able to start playing the game again. So uh, I jumped in pretty much right away. It was a couple minutes after midnight. And something about 3D World, man. I just fucking love this game. 
It is such a great game. It is such a phenomenal 3D platformer. It is it it makes it difficult to play other 3D platformers when Nintendo puts out such good ones like that. And they and they don't do it too much anymore. They get harder to make, you know. But they they had a run where it was 3D World and then 3D Land on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And both of those came within just a couple years of each other. And they were both just so absolutely incredible. Yeah. And, and this is at a time where Nintendo was putting out like all of those side scrolling new Super Mario Brothers type games. And then 3D World came out on the Wii U and kind of like mixed the two together. So you had like the 3D platforming style, but then still the multiplayer sort of side scrolling style that they were doing with the new Super Mario Brothers games. They kind of all brought it together under the umbrella of Super Mario 3D World. And it just it clicked. It worked really well. And I've always thought since the game came out on the Wii U that it is one of the better 3D Mario platforming games. I think I think that's probably true. And like I said, it's been years since I've played it and I haven't picked up. Me too. You know, this, I, I, this. I hadn't played it since it initially came out. So it's been over seven. I think it was I think it was 20. Was it 2013 when the game initially came out? I think. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So, I mean, six or seven years, roughly, that I played the game. So this was due for a re-release on the Switch just because of how good it is. More people need to experience this game. Absolutely. And, you know, getting to play through the uh, the Captain Toad levels again that were in 3D World, which was the first time we saw Captain Toad, right? I think that was the first time. And then, you know, the levels were so popular that spawned off the. uh the the game on on captain toad yeah yeah which was 3ds right uh or was that wii u no that was wii u was it okay yeah and i think it's also available on switch i think it's already available on the switch i'm almost positive i'm on it keep talking yeah i'm almost positive it is i I think that one actually came before 3d world which is kind of funny now that you think about it since he you know kind of debuted here but um the star of the show obviously is is bowser's fury unless you've never played Super Mario 3D World, in, in which case this is a no brainer to pick up, right? If you've never played 3D World on the Wii U, then you have to play it on the Switch. But if you have played it on the Wii U like you did, Kyle, it's kind of like 50 50 if you want to jump in again. Now, I did, obviously, because I wanted to re-experience it and I love 3D World, but I really was looking forward to playing through Bowser's Fury. And one of the things that you'll notice when you first boot up the game is that you know, the title screen is like a a selection thing, basically. So you can either select to jump into 3D World or you can select to jump into Bowser's Fury. So you don't technically have to play through 3D World if you don't want to. Now, why wouldn't you? It's a great game. And I haven't even touched the uh, the Star World yet. The one that unlocks after you beat the game. I have to go back and still do that. I'm, I'm actually just trying to finish the game right now. Like I talked about in Discord, you know, I, I don't have all the green stars in every level yet. I don't have all the stickers. I probably am not going to 100 percent this game, but I will go back and try to get some things that I know I missed that are easy to get. You know what I mean? Is that hard for you? Like, no, you know you're a not anymore. Not not anymore. I'm not. <laughs> I used to be that, uh, sticky. I used to be. No, ever since I started doing level down games, I used to be a completionist and, you know, really wanting to 
try to get man i've never been a completionist to the point of like wanting to get platinum trophies that bad there are some games that i'll get a platinum trophy on playstation but never to the point where i feel like i need to stress about it but i usually will go out there and try to collect as much as i can but ever since starting level down games i just play the games to play them at this point like whatever i collect my first playthrough whatever seems fun to me is what i'll do and then i i rarely go back uh now now there are some things that i do want to go back and get because the stickers are kind of cool if you remember them from 3d world kyle they they used to be able to be used in right uh what was it called on the wii u that we had before nintendo switch online was a was like a thing was it uh Oh, the verse or the me verse or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You used to be able to use the stickers in that to talk about it and stuff. But now you can use the stickers to send messages and that guy. So it's kind of cool. But um, Bowser's Fury. So let's talk about that for a second. It's, it's the separate mode. And it honestly, you cannot tell me this wasn't initially planned as DLC for Super Mario Odyssey. OK, so I've watched people play this on Twitch and I have to agree i mean these look like odyssey levels 100 percent, dude like everything about this screams odyssey from the animations mario moves the same way he does when he collects a a cat shine which are basically these uh you know, shines basically you know exactly what it sounds like but they they take the place of the the moons in odyssey and like alcohol i guess it could be cat shine <laughs> oh moonshine yeah moonshine yeah moons I, and shine i guess it could be <laughs> is it a liquid no it's no, shine it's, they're the stars it's a star Mario yeah, throwing it's, back? It's, it, it's a shine it's a star moonshine makes you see stars it does maybe that's maybe that's mario's maybe he's just drunk all the time yeah maybe that's, he's not actually it, out there collecting stars a lot. maybe he's not collecting stars he's just walking around drunk <laughs> this, this whole thing is just an absinthe trip <laughs> bowser's really your landlord <laughs> <laughs> so bowser's fury it's it's this it's it's more 3d platforming than 3d world so it's basically like mario 64 mario galaxy and mario odyssey which that's what i was talking in discord yesterday when i first started i was like how is this tied to 3d world and not odyssey because you're you're even in this little area called the cat kingdom like they, they brought the name the kingdom name everything about this just feels like it should have been a bigger episode dlc for odyssey but it's almost like they scrapped that idea and then like cut it in half and then decided to put it in 3D world. I have no idea. I'm but actually OK with it not being an Odyssey expansion because that's the beauty of Nintendo and Mario games. They release standalone games that have nothing to do with their other entries sometimes. And it works out perfectly because they execute their vision exactly. They don't have to shoehorn anything in. Right. So I think that putting in this format probably was the best way to execute it. Because you know they would have talked about that, right? If they were like, oh, yeah, let's just put this in uh, Odyssey and we'll use that that engine and that formula and it'll work great with these features. I, I really well, I like still think it's using that engine because, like I said, all the animations are the same. I have to assume that they just reused a lot of things from that and, and then just tacked it on to, to 3D World. But it is fun. I'm actually I'm I'm loving this this mode and it's way longer than I was initially expecting it to be when I first jumped in. I assumed, you know, because it's just like 
an add-on to 3D World. So I wasn't expecting it to be as long as 3D World, right? Because, you know, if unless you're 100%ing it, what it took me, I was able to finish completely 3D World outside of the one that unlocks after you finish the game in, in less than a day. And I, I think, you know, if you kind of look at the amount of hours that I put into it to see how long it took me to finish it, I probably spent about six hours, maybe seven hours on 3D World. Which is, uh, you know, par for the course for a a Mario game in in that fashion. So I was, uh, you know, half of that maybe for Bowser's Fury. I was thinking maybe three hours, but I've already put more time into that now and I'm not even halfway done, which is really cool. So I'm at the point now in Bowser's Fury and, and it's not spoiler content because if you know Mario, you literally are just collecting stars or shines or whatever. And again, in Bowser's Fury, it's cat shines. Um, if you remember the trailers, the selling point of Bowser's Fury, or one of like the cool things about it was the uh, <laughs> for, for lack of a better term, I guess. What was it called in Pokemon? Was it Gigamax? Was yeah, that what it was the, called? Yeah, Sword and Dynamaxing Shield? and Gigamaxing. Dynamax. Yeah. That's what it was. Dynamax. Dynamax. The, the, the blank CDRs we used to pick up yeah, at the Best Buy. That's what it was. So it's basically like <laughs> Dynamax versions of, of Bowser and Mario. So you're collecting these shines to power up this Giga Bell, which if you remember from 3D World, the power ups. Uh, and it's weird in Bowser's Fury, you can actually store five of each power up so you can have five of the cat suit, five of the hammer bros suit or the the one that throws the boomerang, five of the fire flower, five of the 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 leaf. You can literally have so many power ups stored on you at once and you just go in and tell Bowser Jr. which one you want and he'll just throw it your way. So it's relatively easy. The The DLC is or the, this mode is not that challenging. You can make it even easier if you want to. You you can make it well you can't make it harder but to make it easier you just go into the settings and tell bowser jr you want him to help like more often than he is already doing so and he'll literally kill every enemy for you you don't have to do a fucking thing he'll just play the game for you and you just follow him around <laughs> that's awesome oh wow okay cool don't play and, around and when you're and when you're playing the game on handheld mode um you know there's little things you can uh push on there if, if you're playing in docked mode i tried both ways uh you just use the controller to you know the the gyroscope to tell him where to go um he'll collect the shines for you he'll collect coins for you uh so so if you tell him to help you a lot he basically plays the game for you if you tell him to help you a little he'll help you with the coins or you can turn that off completely so you can kind of do whatever you want with bowser jr which i think is kind of cool so it definitely helps kids out you know that might be struggling but then for people like us i I just had him collecting coins because that's you know why not i don't care go get coins for me that's fine (laughs) go bowser jr and bowser jr in this mode is a substitute for cappy Without right. question. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what the only reason like. he's there. So that's why I think this mode was initially planned as Odyssey DLC. And then they had to think of a way to rework it to put it into 3D world. So they took out Cappy. They took out certain things and then made it smaller and more condensed to fit the the logic of this game. And Bowser Jr. made sense to replace Cappy with. Now, the islands that you're exploring in Bowser's Fury, they're these smaller self-contained things, but it's all part of thinking and talking in terms of Odyssey. It would basically be one kingdom. So Bowser's Fury is basically a kingdom in Odyssey in terms of size. Okay. That's that's what it seems like. And and 
like you said, I believe that this was probably an Odyssey DLC, and then they realized that this they could package this with an already made game. Right. And sell it for $60. Right. So thinking... Okay, take the Sand Kingdom in, in Odyssey. Yep, which is one of the bigger kingdoms. It is. That's why I picked that one. Fill it with water, and then that's basically what you have with Bowser's Fury. So you have these little hubs or islands, basically, that all have X amount of cat shines to get. And you can get those by, you know, collecting in Odyssey. You were collecting five mini moons to put together an actual moon. And here you're collecting five mini cat shines to put together a cat shine. Or you can collect, uh, you know, there's usually just like one. If you get to the top or whatever, there's one for sometimes they're hidden killing an enemy, whatever, like you'll, you'll be able to like, see, hmm, there's probably something here. And then when you go to the map, it'll tell you how many like shines there are technically, I guess, in each one. And to the point where I'm at now, I found 20 and I need 40 to power up the Gigabell again. I've already fought in Bowser three times. And after the third time is when the entire map is opened up to you. And then you need to collect 40. And I, I'm assuming once I collect 40, that might be the final Bowser fight, but I don't know. They could keep going. I have no idea, but I'm assuming that will be closer to the end at that point. Okay. And you know, that's not bad. I mean, that's no. still like, a like decent I said, amount I've of already content. put over three hours into this and I'm, I'm only, I've only have, I, I have 20 shines and it's taken me that long to get those right. because, you know, I'm looking around trying to I'm actually trying to do everything in Bowser's Fury because I've never played that mode before. So I am being a little bit more meticulous in that one than I was with 3D World. And uh, it's just gorgeous. Like it looks way better than 3D World. So I'm really enjoying Bowser's Fury. It's really cool. It's something that I mean, has been on my radar, you know, and and it's, you know, if there is a sale on Christmas this year or something, I might pick it up because I could definitely play through it again. And my kids would love it. My wife would love it. Something that everybody loves, regardless of age. So, well, I I think think for you specifically, just for Bowser's Fury. Right. Yeah. Like you need to play it because of that without question, because you're such a big fan of Odyssey. I know like, you you it's rode so my ass to fucking finish that game. And it's now you have such even, now I good. played more Odyssey than you have. I played Bowser's Fury. I don't know that you have. I played a no, lot you, of Odyssey. No, man. you actually you collected all the moons and I did not. So every moon, every costume. Yeah, <laughs> freaking crazy. As much as you could do. <laughs> oh, so uh, Kyle, you have not been playing Mario. You have been putting some time into the medium. And it's unfortunate that Dan's not here today because uh, Dan has also put some time into the medium. But uh, how are you enjoying this? Because I've not had a chance to play it yet, but I'm still looking forward to it. I have it installed on PC. I just haven't had a chance to jump in yet. I want to. I really think that you should. I've I actually will. been having I quite a bit. I love Akira Yamaoka. You know that. The guy yeah. from Silent Hill. Like, yeah. I love the composer. And the, uh, the the music that he made for the medium sounds so similar. <laughs> the music is really, really well made. I mean, it's it's got a gorgeous soundtrack to it. And this game excels in the atmosphere. You are this woman who is a medium, right? Hence the name of the game. She has the ability to kind of see in the living world and what is also this, I don't want to say afterlife, but... I was going to say spiritual world type thing or... Yeah, this other plane of 
hellscape existence basically is what it is. There are, it, it is just very strange and it only happens at certain points in the game. Now, the shtick of this game is that you end up controlling both players at once, your your physical self in the real world, plus yourself in this in this other world, this other plane. And you can start to control one of them one at a time every now and then if that's necessary. Sometimes you're only in one world or the other. But the shtick of the game is that you're kind of going back and forth between these two worlds in order to solve puzzles and find items and progress further into this it's it's a resort there's this old you know busted down resort that you're exploring through kind of reminds me of control a little bit in terms of the the presentation style i actually have thought the exact same thing multiple times mm-hmm because you recently just finished that so you should be able to see a lot of the similarities as well in terms of in terms of overall like graphical style i do think the medium is a little bit better than control control actually bugged me with some of its graphical choices that's okay i mean it doesn't have to be perfect Uh, this game i like a little bit better it's not a, a good game to really show off the graphics of the xbox series x it does look kind of like a early generation xbox one game but that's because there are many instances in which it's rendering two different worlds at the same time. So that's, I think, where that comes from. They, they've sacrificed a little bit on graphics in order to save more for rendering two different worlds, which is fine. It doesn't have to be perfect. The puzzles overall, I think, are kind of easy. Most horror games don't tend to go into the really difficult puzzle side. I'm sorry, I thought you said horror games. <laughs> I did. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, they, they they never have like super challenging puzzles. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not. It, it is a game that you can kind of breeze through. You got to find this thing and then, you know, you know in general which direction it is that you go find it. And it kind of holds your hand through those puzzles as much as is necessary, I think, for most people to be able to complete it. But there are some really good, creepy moments in this game. Nothing that's really made me jump out of my skin, but things that have made me sit up a little taller and, you know, ooh, watch out over here, you know, I, you know, creep around corners or something because you know something's going to happen. Uh, kind of an intriguing story in terms of something very sinister has gone on at this old resort that's now dilapidated and you're at the center of it. There's this little ghost girl who is kind of your guide and she's real creepy too. Just a very creepy vibe. It's fun late at night, you know, boot up the medium, play for a couple minutes and, uh, get creeped out before I go to bed. That's So you aren't playing this with Lindsay cuz I remember you talked about maybe playing this with her. She's been pl- she's been kind of present the entire time I was Got I've it. been playing it. Yeah. Okay. She sits with me and watches it and gets kind of into it as well. Now, I I think because at this stage I'm getting close to be able to afford the Xbox Series X. That that is one thing that, uh, you, you know, I kind of broke down some of my finances and because I've been going out there and doing more Amazon flex shifts, I put together a list of like things that I want to upgrade and get before Jessica and I move and, you know, start doing something, you know, get our own house and build a new studio for level down games. 
I want to upgrade a lot of things. Like I'm going to get a new mic. I'm going to get right. a new headset finally, all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that I, you know, put in the budget was the Xbox Series X. And I, I'm literally just like a hundred bucks away from, from having all of that set aside to be able to afford it whenever they, you know, go back on sale again. So I don't know if I'm going to play the medium at this point on PC or just wait till I get the Series X because I'll probably have it in another week or two. If it's, I can get one, I mean, I'll have the money preference. for it. It's just yeah. finding one at that point. Yeah, personal preference. I mean, if you want to play it on PC, if you want to play it on console, I, I'm sure it's probably a very similar, uh, you know, experience. I will say there there are some weird decisions and, and decisions that I understand why they did it. When you are controlling both of the characters at once or even separately, they can do the same actions but require different buttons to do them. Okay, so you are controlling both differently. That's cool. It is, but I can't tell you how many times I've pressed X instead of A in order to do something because I'm, is I'm each trying one, to do th- Is each one tied to a stick, like the left stick, right stick? No, 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 no. They, okay, okay. they move together simultaneously with each other. Yes. Got it. So, so I'll be, you know, trying to pick something up off the ground and the one in the real world will use X, but the one in this, this hellscape plane will use A. And I'll press the wrong one. And it's it, not that it matters. Nothing happens. Like, I don't right. die because gotta, I press the wrong button. You just got to push the right. You just got to push the right button after. So, <laughs> so enough times what I've done is I've just kind of pressed all the buttons kind of, you know, and, until she picks something up because I, I have I can't remember which one is which. So that's that's been a small annoyance, I would say. But I don't know. It's a fun game. It's not, you know, earth shattering or anything, but it's a fun little horror game that there's no combat in it you just kind of have to creep around this hotel and find things and make your way through and try to you know solve this mystery yeah it's something that i I definitely want to what i like how you just say horror but i keep hearing horror i can't (laughs) what's on the mind i cannot not comment on this because uh because i didn't think that you were the kind of guy that would play horror hotel games you know that's the only type of hotel games i play yeah so good kyle i'm definitely gonna jump in to the medium i just don't know when i just don't know when but it probably will be soon i uh i'm wrapping up some games that i've been putting some time into here uh i should be finishing both mario this weekend maybe blue fire this weekend maybe maybe even ease nine this weekend i'm I'm pretty close on on all three of those games so nice we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens I will say that I've jumped into Blue Fire as well. I've put a couple hours into Blue Fire and I've had to put it down. Yeah, uh, you've, you've been struggling with that. And hopefully it's it's just like something that the developers can fix. But it sounds yeah, like been... they're working on it and I'm not the only one. I have that game has crashed for me more often than it's worked. Yeah, which is weird because, uh, you know, Dan, when he was streaming it on Twitch, had, you know, the game crash a handful of times, but never to to like you were constantly experiencing it, trying to like go through doors and stuff. It was I, could, weird. I could barely get through five minutes of playing before it would crash, which is. And I was wondering if it was like hardware related at that point. So right. I, I'm I'm hoping the devs will put something out because it, it just sounds like it's not optimized on PC because I've not had a single crash still on the switch. Yeah. When you look through the Steam reviews, it seems to be a very common theme. Yeah. So that's unfortunate that's because it because it is working well on the switch. Uh, I wish it was working well on PC because I do think it's a great game. And uh, when it is working properly, you're going to have some fun with it. <laughs> so, Sean, 
you the other day posted in Discord, you finally finished Final Fantasy VII Remake. You did it. Finally. You beat your first game of the year as well. (laughs) I I think I have a solid 34, 35 hours into that. Which is about the average playtime, right? I remember when we talked about it when the game came out, they were saying that it would be right around that length, which I guess is on the shorter end of things for a a typical Japanese role-playing game, but that's pretty good for just Midgar. No, absolutely. I mean, 35 hours into the game, like the old school game, you know, there's people who speed run it in way less time than that. So absolutely. It's pretty fun. I enjoyed how they strung out some of the story and actually added new elements in. I have a couple friends who are purists and are not happy about some of the liberties that they took, but that's why it's a remake. And and I enjoy that. You know, a lot of the stuff that they probably wanted to put in the original I mean, gosh, they released that game in what, 1999 or 2000? 97, 97, I think. 97, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so it's it's 97, the OG came out. There's a lot of stuff in that game that they just probably couldn't execute that they wanted to. Yeah. Um, You know, so it it was cool to kind of see that vision come through and then some new stuff come through. And I'm okay with the liberties they took. I got I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm not going to spoil it because some people here haven't beaten it. But the, the ending is nothing like what it you know midgar's ending was in the last game for sure right right exactly so we've talked a decent amount of final fantasy 7 remake here on the show before that obviously last year when when kyle was playing through it and finishing it i still haven't finished it yet i knew you were going to finish it before i did but that's okay yeah man that's all right <laughs> you know you got other things going on and and the game itself like if you're not obsessed with it there's yeah. no reason to really like rush to beat it because there's no sequel coming right now but 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 i think that's i think that might change soon it it, it might change soon but unfortunately sean it didn't change today no, now, no, now I, I wasn't expecting the news to be available when we recorded this podcast this morning. But, you know, sometimes you forget about the uh, massive time difference between the U.S. and Japan. The Final Fantasy VII remake concert is already over in Japan, and there were no major announcements on part two of seven remake at this concert today. So it didn't happen. I know there were some rumors that, you know, we were talking about in Discord a little bit that maybe we would get an announcement or a teaser or just, you know, like they've already confirmed that they're working on part two. We just, you know, haven't seen it yet and probably won't anytime soon. But I thought maybe we would just get like a a teaser image or, or something, maybe just I don't know, maybe even Vincent Valentine, just something like, you know, just like, here you go. But we didn't get anything. So we're going to just spend a few minutes today since, Sean, you finished the game. Now you can officially say, what do you think is going to happen in part two? Yeah, you know, that's it's difficult because first you want to even speculate when part two is coming. Right. So as far as if you had a release date window, I guess you could go back in time and kind of look at how long they've had to develop it. What's going to be in it as far as volume. I know that they've been working on part two development for since like two, 2019, right? But then you don't know if COVID has really delayed a lot of the development. So it's not fair to say, well, this game should be this far along. Given the history of how long it took to make this game, do they already have a lot of assets? So I'm going to be really conservative in what I want to see or what I expect out of Remake 2. 
Uh, a lot of people are speculating that it's only going to cover pretty much to the point where you get to Rufus's like airship or, you know, that big uh, that big vessel that he's got docked. So, you, you know, a lot of people are speculating you got the the walk, which, would, which to... would make the entire collection of remakes a three part thing, basically. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that's a reasonable spot to probably find a rest spot. You know, it, it's not very eloquent what I'm saying, but basically there's a lot of content that can be thrown in between Midgar and there that wasn't in the original game. And it wouldn't really detract from the overall narrative that they're possibly trying to keep intact from the previous game. So, you know, you got that big walk over to uh, calm, right? So, so you're talking about that whole entire continent. You're going to traverse basically within this part two, which, which isn't bad. And that's a lot. Again, you think about all the content that they added specifically for Midgar and all the side stories that you got to explore and all the areas of the city that we didn't get to go to initially, that area between Midgar and Calm, there's a lot of things that they can add to happen that wasn't there 23, 24, maybe even 25 years ago by the time this game comes out. Yes. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, which is cool when you talk about Midgar, it's also a desert, right? So all of the natural landscape that we've seen in this game to this point is like a kind of like a red rock, you know, desert type feel. I'm excited to see the transition just from the desert to the to the lush Greenland and then you get to calm. Then you got to traverse over some foothills and around a mountain range to get over to the Chocobo farm and then the swamp. Right. And so, you know, that content is going to be long because you're going through various biomes. I would even imagine they might throw in a couple more like, I don't know if settlements is the right term. They could probably add some new towns right in there. You, You would assume. Well, I'm guessing that they will. I'm guessing that they will. Well, you look at the prevalence of like all the benches and vending machines and part. Right, right. There's going to be a lot of stuff in there that probably, you know, will be added, which I think won't, you know, drastically change what people are looking for. And I would say a lot of the meat of what can be added is definitely Fort Condor. You can do Fort Condor in the original game as soon as you get to it, for the most part. So you got Yuffie who could possibly come into the story there. So there's an introduction there. Um, You know, we saw Kate Sith kind of make an appearance in number one, but But he's going to be way bigger involved or way, way bigger involved, way more involved in uh, in part two, for sure. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So you got that tease. Um, You know, you got Yuffie coming in. Uh, Red 13 is probably going to be really important to part two which I think is fantastic. Um, You know, and then, of course, you get over to Junon. That's the name of the town where Rufus is docked at. And I'm excited about Junon. I mean, Junon's a pretty big settlement. When you look at the size of Calm versus the size of Junon, those are two city or townships that can be really expanded upon. So that's what I think part two is going to be. Now, if I had to put a, a thumbprint on it as far as like hey you know this is my my estimate of delivery i i honestly think that we're looking at probably 2022 for the soonest possible release and i'm talking like yeah definitely not definitely not early if they if they reuse some assets and yeah you know take some shortcuts maybe but at this point i mean i i think 2023 is probably even more realistic i I, agree with you 
I guess even the uh, the Japanese fans are a little upset that <laughs> information was not delivered during the concert today. The uh, <laughs> the girl the girl that was tweeting about it that kind of you know let us know that there would be some stuff at uh, the the concert. Uh, said that there was an intermission that was presented as like a breaking news segment and they just were talking about the concert and trolling fans and people like in the Japanese comments were posting about, you know, like part two news and, you know, wondering if a PlayStation five version was going to be announced. So they, they, they had an opportunity today to, to present something and they didn't. So uh, the, the one year exclusivity is up in April that Final Fantasy VII Remake had for the PlayStation 4. So I think that's why everybody is assuming Square is going to make an announcement here soon about the game potentially coming to Xbox or next-gen consoles or something. So... Yeah, that's we'll true. have to We'll have to see if they have a Part 2 announcement in store. But for now, we, we just have our speculation to go off of, and, and that kind of sucks. We want more. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not of that sentiment though. I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. Well, you just the finished game, the game. The game just came out. Sure, if a you, year ago. If you look at the grand scheme of things, it's only been out a year. So unless they started like really focusing on part two as soon as they dropped one, which you know isn't the case, right? There's there's no way that they immediately rushed into hardcore production. They probably wanted to see reception. They wanted to see you know, how the game was going to move forward after initial release as far as maybe big fixes or patches or anything. There there was some sort of maintenance that had to be performed on one before they could start two. I mean, they, they have rough stuff, sure, but they're not going to hardcore be working on part two as soon as they, you know, released one. So I'm not going to sit here and expect them to just turn around and release a magnificent, huge game in you know two to three years that's just not their style that's not their and and you look at their timeline and their history their their history of releases does not support that so i'm not i'm not going to sit here and hold my breath man i i think honestly 2023 is a great estimate i think i think that'll give them enough time to even you know find more areas to add into the game and you know we'll go from there man so we'll talk about this and you know a couple years from now a couple years from now Hello, everybody. It's Kyle from The Media Files. And if you don't know what The Media Files is, what are you even doing? The Media Files is a pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. Every episode, a special guest and I will be talking about something happening in pop culture, whether it's movies, television, music, books, sports, video games, you name it, we'll talk about it. Subscribe to The Media Files on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. Uh, Sean, hit me with that lightning round music. Yeah, we got a normal sized uh, lightning round this week. Nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. Attitude era in general. Sean Waltman. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. We'll put 10 minutes on the clock. We'll get through these news stories and we don't have Dan. So it'll just be the three of us. That's unfortunate. I even put these in order thinking that we would have Dan. So if you look at the fourth one, the fourth one was going to be dance. It's one sentence. (laughs) I still take him 38 seconds to read. (laughs) I gave him the easiest one possible and he's not even here. (laughs) I miss that guy. 10 minutes on the clock. The lightning round begins right now. 
publisher Calypso Media and developer Frima Studio have announced Disciples Liberation, a mature dark fantasy strategy RPG with turn-based combat, combat, combat for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Liberate the land of Navendar and uncover the endless stories hidden within this richly detailed world where every decision has a consequence and every wrong move could be deadly. Explore a rich overworld and align with a variety of in-world factions from a human empire tinged with by religious extremism to the dark forces of the undead led by a mad queen. Assemble a team to gather precious resources, sway political standing, and take on brutal beasts in intricate turn-based battles. Choice is everything in Disciples Liberation, and it is up to you how you write your story. So this is basically a, a like Baldur's Gate Divinity style of game. Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. And, and, and it looks kind of cool. It does look kind of fun. Uh, kind of a neat little graphical style, too. Yeah. It comes out this year, 80 right? 80 plus hours of, of, a, of a campaign. How long? 80 plus hours of a single player 80. campaign. Yep. That's a hell of a campaign. Yeah. Giant campaign in this game. They said like 250 quests. Uh, this, this is going to be a beefy game. Uh, I'm going to check it out. I enjoy it. I, you know, I haven't finished Baldur's Gate three or what was the other one? Salasta, I think crown of the magister. Oh, I was yeah. playing. Yeah. I was playing both of those games last year. I haven't finished either one of them, but I probably will check out disciples when it comes out. It looks cool. Uh, Kyle, take this one. Paramount pictures has officially announced Sonic the Hedgehog two, the sequel to last year's action adventure comedy film. It will launch in theaters on April 8th. 2022 yeah i'm looking forward to that absolutely who would first one is it is it really good first one's I've worth seen, seeing yeah, I've i seen enjoyed it bits and pieces of it uh my kids love it i enjoyed it jessica and i sat down and watched it last year it was good it was good one of the better films to release in theaters in 2020 <laughs> did coolio make a cameo i did not he did not ah oh, well no okay. coolio no, go, no coolio no coolio still got that net worth of about one hundred forty thousand dollars, probably so my other question, Kyle, for, for this story here, Paramount Plus is getting ready to launch in March, right? Will this be included, do you think, in Paramount Plus next year? Well, Paramount Plus is just the rebranding of CBS All Access, but I know they but they're are at, they're adding, adding a bunch of shit to it, right? Yeah, to make it actually worthwhile. I don't know. It, now, I will say that I'm uh, on the third season of Star Trek Deep Space Nine and if all the Star Treks leave Netflix then I will probably get Paramount Plus just so I can finish Deep Space Nine uh, and then uh, I'll let you know at that point. Well we'll probably have because we already have a sub to CBS All Access so we'll probably just you know convert that over to Paramount Plus over, when yeah. it does come out. I mean why wouldn't we we literally have a subscription to everything at this point we, I mean we've been watching so much Discovery Plus lately it's been it's been nice <laughs> watching that uh, Cecil Hotel Cecil Hotel man the shit's crazy. Uh, Sean, take this one. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, will finally release for PS5, Xbox Series, and Switch on March 12th, followed by a PC via Battle.net later in that? 2021. <laughs> that Crash, is just... Crash Bandicoot on Wait, Battle.net. Battle.net doesn't That's even bonkers. exist anymore. Is that like just the Blizzard app? The launcher. The That's, launcher. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. launcher. Yeah, yeah. But they, call it, they, call, they call it they call it Battle.net. You know, <sighs> The Battle.net. <laughs> it's not Battle.net if it's not StarCraft 2 Brood War. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Um, upgrades for next-gen platforms include native 4K resolution, 3D audio, and taking full advantage of the DualSense controller. Users who own the game on PS4 and Xbox One will be able to upgrade for free 
Not yeah, bad. so uh, that's what I'll be doing because I have the game on PS4. I will play through this on PS5. I probably won't play. Maybe I will. I don't know. I probably won't play through the entire thing, but I want to see the uh, DualSense stuff. I want to see how that controller works for Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, that'll be neat. Yeah, that's real. Uh, what should have been dance, but I'll take it because it's nice and easy. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart will launch for PS5 on June 11th. Exciting. Oh, fucking amazing news this week. Yeah, really looking forward to that uh, right around the time that E3 would have been or that E3 might be if they had their digital event. Who knows? <laughs> That's a good F you. The new Game Plus Expo, which debuted last year during the Summer Game Fest, will host its second digital showcase of upcoming titles, updates, and special guest appearances on March 4th at 11 a.m. Eastern. The following publishers have been confirmed so far. Axis Games, Arc System Works America, Gung Ho Online Entertainment America, Idea Factory International, Inti Creators, Koei Tecmo America, Natsume, NIS America, Playism, and PM Studios. Speaking Whoa! of E3... It's coming early for uh, those of us that like the Japanese games. Less than a month, March 4th. Rightfully so, man. I'll be doing the reaction video for that one for sure. That Definitely. I'm looking forward to that because, uh, you know, NAS America, they don't really have anything confirmed after next. Actually, this week's Fallen Legion's Revenants. So I'm hoping maybe we'll get some uh, more Falcom stuff, maybe some trail stuff. That'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah. speak, speaking of reaction videos, uh, we, we got BlizzCon. BlizzCon Line. Coming up this weekend, are either of you joining me for that reaction video? Fuck that shit! What time is it at? Friday at like two your time? I think it's a five my time. So two your time on Friday? Oh, it's something I could maybe do. That's the uh, the opening ceremony. That's really the only thing that matters, right? That's where the, all the announcements will be. Yeah, it's something I could I could maybe do. We'll see. Yeah, let me hey, know. Over under two fifty is White Chain coming back? Mm-hmm. I would say no. I was going to say I was leaning toward no. I was leaning I feel toward so bad no. for that guy. Like uh, he needs a redemption tour. I was leaning toward no. Will the burning crusade appear, though? I'm leaning toward yes. Yes. Yes, it has to. Yes. 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 But uh, yeah, tune in this uh, this Friday. We'll be live uh, doing some reactions to BlizzCon Line. Uh, Sean, take developers outside game studio have announced binary smoke. A story-driven third-person action-adventure game for PC. Science has reached the advent of the digital singularity. Humanity's ultimate achievement is the binaries, sentient digital life forms who possess incredible supernatural powers. In binary smoke, players assume the role of a rogue binary in a living city full of colorful characters and dangerous villains. Rebelling against the ruling class, players will inspire a revolution to change the course of their lives forever so there was a epic games showcase the other day and and i was going to react to it but i decided not to and and i'm glad i didn't (laughs) because there was nothing like really that amazing that stood out to me but this did and this was the first thing that they talked about during that showcase it was the only thing that really appealed to me did you catch it kyle no i did not Okay, it looks really cool. I wasn't sure if you had a chance to watch the showcase yet or not, but uh, this particular game looks really cool. So I'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, Closing out the lightning round this week, we don't have any delays. We have another game announcement. Publisher Numskull Games (laughs) and developers Ground Shatter have announced cel-shaded first-person shooter Rico London for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. It will launch this June. London, New Year's Eve, 1999. While everyone is getting ready to party, the the Metropolitan Police are working overtime. Sometimes you... I I, I struggle with that word. Metropolitan. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, we all struggle with Neapolitan. Something. Sometimes they, Neapolitan. Yeah, that's a good, uh, yeah. good ice cream. Oh yeah. Hey, Neapolitan. you know what? Not Neapolitan. What were we talking? It doesn't matter. This is more important. Uh, it's Valentine's Day this weekend. Uh-huh. I made some pistachio ice cream. Uh huh. Jessica loves pistachio ice cream. It's my favorite ice cream. I will never do it again. <laughs> Why? It is a real son of a gun to make. I mean, like multiple steps going into. So you gotta you gotta put everything in a pot on the stove and reduce it down, right? Well, you have to like. Well, first of all, I I was stupid. That's on me. We didn't have shelled pistachios, so I had to shell two and a half cups of pistachios. Oof. Oh, boy. that sounds terrible, dude. My thumb hurts so bad. <laughs> my thumb hurts so bad. But anyways, had to had to reduce it all That's down like with some milk peeling and sugar. Potatoes. Uh, no, it's way worse than peeling potatoes. Way worse. But I reduced it all down, got it in a pot with some cream and some sugar, had to do that like two or three times, strain it, uh, had to make the custard. And making custard is a not difficult, but an intense process where you have to really watch it. You can't let it boil or it'll scramble. Yeah. And then so it was, I mean, this was a, this was a process. Let me tell you. Yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> What the hell, uh, Rico London? Rico London, yeah. Uncle New Rico New- London, baby. Rico Suave, New Year's Eve, 1999. While everyone is getting ready to party, the Metropolitan Police are working overtime. We already said that. Detective Inspector Redfern finds herself at the scene of an emerging arms trade at the foot of a high-rise tower. Without the permission of her superior or support of backup, Redfern prepares to kick off the new millennium with a bang. Rico London is a gang-busting, name-taking, explosive cooperative shooter. Blast your way up the high-rise tower stacked with East End gangsters solo or with a partner. Crash through doors, dodge bullets, turn the weapons of the fallen into your personal arsenal, and do whatever it takes to make it to the top. This game looks cool. Uh, I, I like the cell shaded style. I will be keeping an eye on that. I like cell shaded games. So. Yeah, this looks pretty rad. But that was the lightning round. So, short and sweet this week. Kind of like Dan. Short and sweet. Wow. I mean, you're giving him a lot of credit on that sweet part. But short. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. short. <laughs> Definitely short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make fun of him. He's not here. Every time somebody's not, every time somebody's not here, we got to make fun of him. I miss him already. And Severin's little memes of him, where like he's got his happy little sly smile face, and then he put on his stunner shades. <laughs> like <laughs> he's just got a he melts my heart every time. <laughs> Sev found the two perfect pictures too. Like no, he hundred percent did. Yeah, <laughs> there's perfect. there's no there's no better than going into Discord and seeing the memes channel and all of it's just Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dan likes it too, though, because it makes him laugh. Oh, oh it no, makes all 100%. of us laugh. Yeah, it makes all of us laugh for sure. The memes are good. Oh, but that music right there means it's time for a little new release roulette. But before we get to this week's, we do have to go over last week's results. Uh, we did two games last week. The first one was Little Nightmares 2. I guess it would come in at an 82. Sean, you put five on it going dead on. Dan, game the system. He put six on it going dead on. 113 reviews, 82 was the official top critic average. So, Sean, you earned yourself 25 points, and Dan earned himself 30 points. And then the second game was Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. I guessed it would come in at a 91. Kyle, you put 30 on it going under. You went all in. Sean, you put 25 on it going under. Dan, you put 24 on it going under. There were 62 reviews. And I thought for a minute there, because when it first debuted on Open Critic, it was at a 90. I was hoping that there would be enough reviews to kick it to that 91, but there wasn't. It actually went down 
to an 89 top critic average. So, Kyle, you earned 60 points. Sean, you got 50 for a total of 75. And Dan earned 48 for a total of 78 points. So had he been here this week, Dan would have won. But because he's not here points and and got last place, 60 points, last place, Kyle. But uh, Sean, because Dan's not here, we're going to give you the win this week, sir. I don't know. This is tough, man. This is a Dan. This is a this is a Dan win. This is, you know, one of those one of those just, you know, second place victories. I just beat Rey Mysterio for this. The fake belt and CM Punk's about to come out and hold the real championship above my head. And, and it's not cool, but for this moment in time. Congratulations, Sean. Why, thank you, sir. You're the big bad booty duty champion of level down games. I'm so you, happy about that. You will get to pick the uh, pick of the week this week. Plus we'll finally have a uh, final word. It's not a quote from Gary V. Unless you oh, decide to go, do a quote. Unless you decide to do a quote from Gary V. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quote from Rackham Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Rackham Rackball. <laughs> oh, let me get one of them hot dogs. Uh, all right, new release roulette for this week. We have four games releasing. Game number one coming on Tuesday to PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. It is Fallen Legion Revenants. The world is covered in miasma, and the remnants of mankind have taken refuge in a floating castle ruled by a madman. Swap between the charismatic politician Lucian and the vengeful ghost Rowena, and make political maneuverings in the castle above as you fight off monsters in the wasteland below. Uh, This is a strategy RPG, and I will probably check this out. I just don't know when. I don't know when. This went real low on my Thunderdome. I had this in last place, actually. So did Sean. I remember that, and I yeah. assume, I assume this one won't even score that high. So, but we'll see. Game number two coming on Tuesday to PC. Good night, night. I like this one here. Look this one up. Um, it, it looks very humorous. Become the one and only extremely honorable, brave, and a little bit sleepy knight of the Holy Divers. The ancient evil has been banished. The princess rescued, and the knight Holy retires. Diver. But something is wrong. You awake falling to your death, probably, from the top of a mysterious underworld spire. Regain your memories and save the world, most likely, again. Go forth, Holy Diver. It's definitely all up to you. You've been up too long in the midnight sea. <laughs> Good Night Night is a humorous twist on stories you likely already know from fantasy books and games set in a pixel medieval world. With a range of unique and peculiar nights, creatures, and many different story events, Good Night Night offers a truly unusual experience. This charming 16-bit sneak-and-slash adventure is a mechanically deep dungeon crawler featuring robust stealth, stamina management, and di- a, a dynamic field of view system, versatile items, resource management, and much more to discover. This one looks cool. Yeah, looks super cute. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, I don't know if it'll get enough reviews, but I stuck it in here because I want people to play it. This one looks cool. Game number three coming on Wednesday to PC. It's the sequel to 20XX, aptly named 30XX. 30XX combines the crisp controls and fluid movement you love from action platformers like Mega Man X, the replayability of a modern roguelike such as Binding of Isaac, Enter the Gungeon, Dead Cells, and more, and co-op play into a single gorgeous package. 
awakened a thousand years after 20XX to realize the world that needed you is gone, changed irreversibly by the advent of the synthetic mind and a human race that's lost the will to reach for the stars. Explore the lush, verdant prison our world has become and fight to save what remains. Rise, fight, fall, adapt. There's a sublime meaning in this endless cycle somewhere buried deep. I probably will pick this up on Wednesday. I was a big fan of 20XX. I love these styles. Yeah. Loved it, and I like the style of game. You like Binding of Isaac. You might enjoy this. Oh, I love Binding of well, Isaac. Well, you like, like Roblox yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah, you like Roblox in general like I do. So, I mean, there's, there's a good chance you would enjoy this one. So, you should probably check it out, too. I don't know how much it's going to be. Maybe 30 bucks, I would assume. Probably. Yeah, probably. Somewhere around there. Maybe even 20. Who knows? Uh, the final game this week, game number four, coming on Friday to PC. A lot of PC exclusives this week. Good night, night, 30XX, yeah, yeah. The Shore. Uh, game number four. I just mentioned it. It's called The Shore. The Shore is a game about the mystery of the unknown set on a forbidden island filled with horrors. Based on the works of HP Lovecraft, the story features many of his best known creations and more. Players will see the world through the eyes of Andrew, a father in search of his lost daughter. Players will experience the shore through immersive atmospheric gameplay and encounter the most nightmarish Lovecraftian entities, all while solving mind-bending puzzles. Try to survive as Andrew as he endeavors to save his daughter's life and, perhaps, uncovering the secrets lurking within his own sanity. Presented with a Lovecraftian style as players dive deeper and deeper into the mystery, they'll face overwhelming odds, Andrew's moments that will make you question his sanity, and a series of slow burn scenes. It's only by mastering the artifacts of the old gods combat mechanic that they can stay one step ahead of the darkness that tries to swallow the world of his. But will that be enough? With the ghost of an action mystery horror playstyle and the mind of a psychological thriller, the shore's dramatic atmosphere, deep and multi-layered story and exceptionally tense horrific combat sequences provide players with an overwhelming and stunning gaming experience. I don't know if it's going to be good, but it sounds good. And yeah. I probably will check this out. It's got a got a nice ring to it for sure. Yeah, it definitely sounds cool. Uh, and, and like looking at the game, it's aesthetically pleasing and looks very unsettling. So I, I, I'm hoping it's good. But a lot of times these games fall really, really short. So what? we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. All right. Well, for scores, uh, Fallen Legion Revenants, I'm going to go with a 68. For Good Night Night, I'm going to go with a 73. For 30XX, I'm going to go with an 82. And for The Shore, I'm going to go with a 70. While the guys get their bets figured out, let's jump to a preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. On the most recent episode of the show, we sat down with Enrique Martin, otherwise known as Pentadrangle, the composer for the recently released Cyber Shadow, a game that we have discussed here on the Level Down Games podcast. And we chatted about his compositions for the soundtrack, about the game in general, and just a lot of other things. Let's check it out. Batman from Samsung for the Game Boy, and then, you know, all the classics for, for the Mega Drive, like all the Sonic games and all the treasure games like uh, Alien Soldier and Gunstar Heroes, uh, all the, the shooter maps. Uh, games with great soundtracks as well. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, everything by Yuzo Koshiro. Oh, uh, okay. Hang on. We're going to stop right there for a second. Yuzo <laughs> Koshiro is my favorite composer of all time. 
Yeah, mine too. <laughs> okay, that's great. That to makes know, both of us. Yeah. I, I, I say that all the time, but Yuzo Koshiro, I, I don't think anybody, and no offense to you, will ever be able to top Yuzo Koshiro. <laughs> no, 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 no one ever. <laughs> no, that's impossible. He's, yeah, he's, he, know, he, he's he is, he is the he is the top of the top for me. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Nobuo Uematsu is up there. Yoko Shimomura is up there. Koji yeah, Kondo is yeah. up there. But Yuzo Koshiro yeah. just, again, it comes back to the synth wave and the retro wave for me. Yeah, they are totally, uh, also they are totally different things. You know, uh, Yuzo Koshiro is not, well, he has also orchestral stuff and uh, he can do whatever he likes because he's like God. But uh, more or I, less. I think that I appreciate <laughs> him more when he does uh his his own style like he showed in, in, in the Streets of Rage, all the Streets of Rage saga, included the last one which is surprisingly good. Yeah. I played through uh, it. it, it I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah, me too. I I, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't think it would be that good, but it's a really good game with a really good soundtrack too, I think. Yes, absolutely. I think we even I think we may have even did an episode on it. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't listen, remember. I, I don't remember to it. I don't. I don't remember every episode we do on that. We're, you know, pretty deep into the episodes, and we do five shows a week. But <laughs> I think we did one on that one. <laughs> Brand new episodes of BG Mania are available every week. Come join us on this musical adventure. I'm gonna make this real easy, real simple. Thirty points. Going all I'm going in. All in. Over. Good night, night. Okay. You're expecting it to get enough reviews. You're taking yeah. that chance. All I'm gonna, 30. I'm going to roll it. I'm going to roll okay. it, baby. Okay. I like the confidence. I like the confidence. 10 under Fallen Legion. 10 over Good Night Night. And 10 under 30 XDX. All right. Leaving the shore alone. I respect that decision. Just because I have no idea how it's going to go. Like I said, it could be cool, but it might suck too. <laughs> this is true. This is so true, That's man. like having a kid. Like, it could be cool, but it might also really suck. Yeah, you never know. You guys sound like Star-Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that Star-Lord would say. <laughs> and there isn't even anything else coming out this week. So, Sean, pick of the week this week goes to you. Dude, I, it's got to be 30XX, man. Oh, yeah? Okay. I thought maybe you said yeah. good night, night. I, you know, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to the 30, baby, because you were so high. Because, we're, that, all in, uh, because we're all in our 30s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's, yeah, that's tough. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Why'd you have to say that? No, you were so high on the uh, 20XX, man. I had to give it to you this round. You, you don't ever really pick, so this one's for you. I appreciate it, man. 20XX was a great game. I think 30XX will be phenomenal as well. Uh, the studio really, you know, they they, they kind of get that style of game. And I like Mega Man. And, and any games that are, you know, deeply rooted in Mega Man is always okay in my book. 100%. So uh, pick of the week this week will be 30XX. Definitely. Yeah, I like it. Kyle, you mentioned this to me the other day when we were kind of thinking about what we could talk about for the uh, the main discussion. And something interesting happened. Was it? I think it was also during the Epic Game Showcase, was it not? Because didn't that end with Axiom Verge 2? I don't I didn't watch the showcase. I think it did. And I think that the announcement was that it was coming to PC and would be exclusive for the time being to the Epic Game Store, which was similar for Axiom Verge, was it not? No, Axiom Verge originally released on 
on multiple stops. platforms. I want to say <laughs> initially it was it was Steam and PS4 or PS3, PS4. At any See, rate, I don't, know, I, I don't I don't know why I was thinking that Axiom Verge initially was exclusive. You're right. PS4 was March 31st and then it came to PC on May 14th. Okay. So it was a few months that it was exclusive to PS4, and then the PC got it, and then Vita got it the year after. Right, right. And then eventually uh, they were eventually able to port it's it. everywhere. Yeah. They were able to port it to anything. It's on the Wii U, it's on the Switch, it's on the PC and Epic Game Store and Steam and Xbox. It's It's everywhere now. Right. So anyway, during this Epic Games showcase, they confirmed because so far Axiom Verge 2 was just announced for the Switch, but everyone kind of assumed that it would be coming elsewhere because it did release, you know, multi-platform previously with the first game. And PC generally is a pretty safe bet. So everyone assumed it would be coming to PC. But then when the announcement happened that it would be exclusive to the Epic Game Store, all of that, I, I guess, built up frustration that the people have with, you know, the Epic Game Store getting exclusive games kind of all came back to light. And and this is a particular story that hits close to home for for us here on the show, because, Kyle, you are you are very good friends with the creator of Axiom Verge, Tom Happ. And uh, to, to see some of the, the stuff that's been going down is sort of sad. You know, and I, I think this is something that stands kind of independently of me knowing Tom personally and, and Tom's Oh, family. of course, but still, I mean, that, it hits close to home because of that. I, it, it makes me more frustrated, definitely. I, I mean, emotionally, I'm more involved into this now. But this is this is so just indicative of the entitlement that gamers feel sometimes in that they need to have something exactly their way or they can't have it at all, which is which is really just a terrible thing. Uh, I understand, you know, frustration with exclusivity, but I also understand that that's purely business. Right. I mean, I mean, when you when you talk about exclusive content on a platform, it seems like gamers are really bent out of shape by by not being able to get things on either GOG or Steam, whatever their platform of choice is. But gamers are the only ones that deal with this type of frustration with this, right? I'm watching WandaVision right now on Disney Plus, and I don't get mad that I can't watch WandaVision on Netflix. Now, I will say you're not, but people when like, uh, and it is something, you know, it, it was for a while there kind of tied to gaming. But I think as, as more and more streaming platforms become available, other people are starting to run into this more frequently, too. At the beginning of the year, when The Office left Netflix, people were pissed they couldn't watch The Office on Netflix. Well, sure. <laughs> but there's a good reason for that. There is a good reason that these that these shows or these titles or whatever leave platforms and go to different platforms. And that's because they want to draw subscribers or customers into their platform. That is business. That's how things work. And so you get these exclusive titles onto your platform. Nobody's mad that you can't watch Stranger Things on Hulu because Stranger Things is a Netflix title. Netflix bought the distribution rights to that title, and therefore it can only be watched there. That makes sense, right? I don't go to Walmart expecting to buy Kroger brand goods because Smith's owns or Kroger, wherever you are, owns the distribution of Kroger brand goods. I mean, this is how things work. This is how business works. If you want a product, you have to go to the place in which you can purchase it. That's it. That's all there is to it. I actually think this is a really good thing. I, 
I think Steam is a little too big for its britches, and there's nothing wrong with doing business on Steam. I, I have no issue. In fact, that's where I buy most of my computer titles. Yeah, so However, that's, that, that's the question I was going to ask. Like, how often are we really going out there and, and choosing to purchase games on the Epic Game Store? I've only now, purchased a single game on the Epic Game Store. Now, I have like a hundred because they yeah, I've, I've only away. purchased one as well. Tony um, Hawk? Uh, no, I had Tony Hawk on PS4. Oh, I got I got Tony Hawk on Epic. I actually have to I would have to boot up the Epic Game Store to remember which game I actually and, I, and I'll do that. I can't even remember which game I actually physically bought on there. But typically I will just claim the free games or if we get a review key for whatever reason that's exclusive to Epic, then, you know, I have that as well. I think I have like two or three review keys tied to my account, but that's it. Like I never really use the Epic Games Store launcher. I hardly ever use it. And see, I don't either. Now, like Sean said, I use Steam mostly. Steam. Me too. Just functionality wise, Steam is a better storefront. They've got a wider selection of games. They have a lot more functionality in the friends list, in the community forums and reviews, you know, being able to post screenshots. And, and that's all that's all really nice about Steam. And Steam just works a little a lot better it's been around nearly 20 years at this point so it's had a long time to kind of perfect that crazy and, to think it's been not that long almost oh my gosh no. it's wild epic has not been around that long now you can make the argument that it it could have learned from a lot of the issues that you know steam went through and and come into the field with these things already figured out sure but it doesn't have those, and that can be frustrating. It doesn't have a cart. You can't purchase multiple games at a time. People seem to be really irritated by that, which I don't know. That doesn't. I don't, there's never a time where I'm like, all right, I'm going to go buy six games today. On like, I don't know. Only during sales, right? Yeah, I, I mean, guess. I guess that's it. Is during sales, but it also doesn't bother me to just click buy a couple of times. I don't know. It's really not that big of a deal to me. Some people get really bent out of shape about it. All that being said. It's it's probably the inferior of the two platforms. However, they also pay the developers really, really well to bring exclusive titles to their to their platform. And so when an indie title, which Axiom Verge is as indie of a title as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. It's made by a guy in his home. I mean, that's it. And when an indie title gets that exclusivity deal onto Epic. It's it's really difficult to say no to that for them. This is guaranteed income. They don't have to worry about at least, you know, to some degree how many sales are going to be coming because they're getting a lump sum right off the bat from Epic Game Store. And, you know, you look at the you look at the comments on Twitter and it says, well, I won't be buying Axiom Verge anymore because you're a sellout. What does that mean? What does it mean you're a sellout? Are they under the impression that game developers make games for charity? Like, I, I, I don't understand how they can't expect these, these developers, you know, looking to recoup their costs and looking to make money off of these games. That's why this is their job. Here's, here's the thing, dude. Let, let's get down to brass tacks, because this is what I was getting at. The Steam Commission versus the Epic Commission. We've talked about it before on this show. Yeah, this is okay. this is not a new topic for us. This is not new, but let's recap it for those who weren't here for that episode. Epic takes 12% of each sale. That's their cut, okay? Steam takes 30% if you sell under $10 million worth of product on their uh, platform. 
If you sell over 10 million up to 50 million, they drop it down to 25% and over $50 million worth of sales, they drop it down to 20% per sale per sale. Okay. So you look at indie developers who basically are building these games out of their own checkbook. Let's just call it what it is. They're, they're basically building this out of their family's finances. That's a big effing difference. Okay. So let's talk about success. Okay. You look at a game like Stardew Valley, same type of situation. Eric Baroni sold over 10 million copies on uh, PC. That's by reported by ga- a PC gamer. Okay. The game sells for $15 roughly. I mean, sometimes you can get it on sales, whatever, whatnot. But for the sake of argument, let's just go real standard on this. $15 times 10 million. Not exactly rocket science, kids. That's $150 million. Okay. He sold it on Steam. What's, uh, oh gosh, 20% of that, right? So Steam made $30 million off of that game if you're going on averages, right? So what if you go $150 million uh, times 12%? $18 million. That is a huge effing difference in money. <laughs> now, no, I know that a, that is an extreme example. Sure. But that is a huge difference because guess what? Eric Baroni's net worth is $34 million. So if you can increase your net worth by $12 million just because of commissions that you lost, that is a huge deal. That is what the problem is with people is they don't think about that. They think, oh, I should be able to have convenience. I'm the customer. This is where I want to buy your product. Wrong. What about the people who actually do this for a living? Because in my opinion, they're more important in some aspects than the customer, right? (laughs) It's not hard. It's not hard to download Epic Game Store. It's just not. I agree with that. But I I agree with like some of the like the the sentiments of of exclusivity and and how it's terrible. I, I, I get both sides of the coin. And, and and I I I struggle talking about this topic because I I find myself on both sides of the equation at various times. Like there are times when I think you know exclusivity, like you know, and we've talked about it before with PlayStation and Xbox. I I, I like exclusivity, but then again, I don't like exclusivity. So so it's a tough one for me. But exclusivity is is only bad in terms of a a convenience sure absolutely it's very good in nearly every other way it's good for the developers it's good for the platforms and it's good to breed competition amongst the providers that's exactly the point we need parity if you don't have parity in the gaming industry things get soft for example look at wrestling we talk about wrestling all the time at level down games when nobody was competing with wwe their products significantly failed. Okay. Now they're stepping up their game because all these other indie companies are back on the scene and AEW is taking it to them. That's a perfect example of why video gaming needs parity. You need to have people striving to make things better for you. If Steam was the only competitor in that market space, Steam probably wouldn't be as good as it is now. And there, I would venture to say Steam has done a really good job of trying to clean up their catalog since the advent of Epic Games and other things such as like Origin and and different things. And sure, they're not going to threaten them financially right away because Steam is a juggernaut and they're established. But they do take notice of what things people are doing and improve their platform based on that. Sure, absolutely. Steam, Steam used to have a bunch of garbage titles on there that they only featured on their sales. And since the, you know, 
coming forth of all these different ways that you can game on PC now, I feel like their sales are better. Now, is that a generalized statement? Sure. Do I have anything to back that up? No. But as a consumer, that's my overall feeling towards their sales. And now I'm a little more excited when their sales roll around. I, I had to look. I, I launched the uh, I, I pulled up the Epic Game Store. Uh, I didn't even spend money. I didn't buy a game. The only game that I actually downloaded that wasn't available anywhere else was Dauntless. Oh, nice. Oh, Which yeah, is free yeah, to play. No that, one paid for Dauntless. That, that, that's what I was thinking of. I spent 20. Yeah. I've spent uh, $10 on the uh, Battle Pass of Dauntless. So I actually did spend money on Dauntless. Now that I the think battle, about wow, it. Wow, wow, that's wow. the one that I was thinking of that, that I was like, man, I knew I had something on there that wasn't anywhere else, but I thought I spent money, but I didn't. Um. But the other day when this news came out on Axiom Verge's two on, on their website, Tom Happ actually put out like a a letter explaining the reasoning behind this deal. And in the third paragraph, you know, he goes on to basically talk about when he first started developing the original game, it was more or less like a side thing for him and he wasn't really expecting it to pay the bills. But now He's saying Axiom Verge is his job. And, and to quote what he said here is like, I have a wife and child who depend on me in the game. I love that I get to work on my hobby all day. But at the same time, I'm always aware of the responsibility I have to my family. I don't want to go into too many details about the nature of the arrangement I have with Epic, other than to say that I've been able to put my stress about how the game will perform out of my mind for a bit and just focus on making the game I want to make. Making games can be fun, but it can also be stressful. With this deal in place, game development started feeling like a hobby again and see and that's, that's and that's actually cool that's you, what we don't see when when we hear these exclusivity deals come out between steam and epic and epic bought you know a year's worth of distribution rights for this game or that game right is how it's the same much, thing sony did for final fantasy 7 remake that we talked about earlier on sean i mean it's the exact same thing well it's 100 oh, it's how much good that does for the developers like he said, he's able to to put that. I mean, obviously, how well your game is going to perform is a huge worry and a huge burden on any developer. Right. And even the big name developers, not that we should be sympathizing with EA or Ubisoft, right, which are gigantic corporations. I don't sympathize with the company. I sympathize with the actual developers. With the people. Yeah. Right. right and correct. and and we talked about this, too, with Cyberpunk yep. 2077, Absolutely. how we felt bad with with the Absolutely. developers who wanted a great game. And, and the corporation was, you know, kind of working against them for that. But what we don't see is the developers that have peace of mind that are able to sleep at night. And now, in all honesty, because Tom is able to focus on the game instead of worrying about the financial performance of it, we're probably going to get a better game out of it. Everybody wins in this situation. We get a better game. Tom gets to have a better time making the game. And the game is likely to perform better anyways. Right. I mean, it's it's the same thing that like if somebody came up to me and and wanted to scoop up our content for exclusive for a while, that's money that I don't currently have. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, as as fun as it is, like he says, you know, Axiom Verge was making a hobby, but this is his job now. You know, level down games started as a hobby. It is your job now. And and to some degree, as much as we want to start making, you know, make make the best content possible to as many people as possible. If we signed a deal with iHeartRadio and you could only find our podcasts on iHeartRadio, then so be it. Because I that, almost do you remember I almost signed a deal with Dash Radio. Yes, you did. 
Yeah, I, I was I literally had the contract in front of me, but I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to change the posting dates right. of of the podcast. And it wasn't it wasn't going to be a monetary deal anyway, but it would have brought a lot of eyes in. Now, if it would have been like a monetary deal, I probably would have changed the dates of the podcast. And it would have been able it, it would have freed up a lot of stress on your mind in terms of making the content for level down games. You would have been able to focus more on the content and less on the financial aspects because some of that was already guaranteed for you. Right. So, I, I mean, I get that. I, I totally get it. And, and it's something that I, you know, continuously ask myself because I, I'm assuming one day we might be presented with that same opportunity or or dilemma. You know what I mean? I just think that. In the gaming community especially, there is a lot of vitriol and a lot of vileness and a lot of a lot of entitlement that gets spewed about and it ends up hurting a lot of people and you don't see what happens in the back scene. You know, you don't realize that you're actually talking about human beings. Um, you know, comments on Twitter that say, Well, never buying this game, you're a sellout, you're you're a you're a people crony. Suck. Right. People just suck. Um, People well, suck. this and and so many comments. Well, but guess I'm pirating Axiom Verge 2. Give me a break. Give me a break because you can't be forced to download a launcher on your computer. And and not even that, Kyle. Like it's not like it's never coming. It, no, it to will. Steam. It's coming it to will. Steam. In the same thing, he's like, you know, for Steam fans, please know the game is coming your way eventually. Like they're they're gonna put it out on Steam. It's, and it's you not. Know, it's, it's still not coming Epic to Switch. Games exclusive. It's Epic Games PC exclusive. It's also right. coming to I was the Switch. Say, it's still day coming to Switch. It's same same day. It will be coming to Epic Games. So it's and really not even an exclusive day. deal because it's multi platform right out of the box. Totally unbelievable. Totally unreal. Yeah. And and he mentioned, you know, talking about Sony and Microsoft, he will talk about plans on those systems for Axiom Verge 2 soon. Like it, it's it's going to come everywhere. It eventually will be available on your platform of choice if you hate Epic Games and their launcher that much to not want to download it. You'll be able to play this game eventually. If you have a switch, you can play it on the same day. Like you said, it really isn't that big of a deal. And we've we've talked about this before. Uh, and and Tom has talked about it publicly as well. And and just to reiterate some of the things that he's he's said, uh, you know, the money that Tom makes from these games is money that he uses on the care of his special needs child. And 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 he's you know, some of the some of the blog posts and, and news stories have called him the the indie gaming special needs dad. You know, he's 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 kind of become this this this. Well, it's hero, a way this for him to fund that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, this, a, it's this, a way it's a way to cover all the cost. Absolutely. And that's what he does this for. This, you know, it's to support his family, but but also to support his son. And because, you know, I'm not gonna play this game anymore. Despite it going to the healthcare of your child, I just don't like Epic Game Store. You know. Now, if you're if you're gonna if you wanna wait and play it on Steam, entirely your prerogative. And and like you said, he seems to understand that in this blog post also. Yeah, but you know, I'm going any, to pirate any, it. I'll any, never any play it because you of this. Anytime you ink a deal, you have to assume that people are going to get pissed off if it's if it's an exclusivity deal. Yeah, so and it's just I think it's I think it's entirely unreasonable. Addressing addressing that in the actual post, I think was definitely the right move because it's not like again, not like we're saying it's never going to come there. Right. So if you are one of those people, if you are listening to this and you are one of those people that are spewing this vile hatred on Twitter, please stop. Please reevaluate what you're doing. That's or, my, my plea to or, you. Or come into Discord. We have a link to our Discord server. 
and and have a civil discussion on, on why you hate Epic so much. And, and it's we've had discussions with people in Discord before. Techie Geek is, you know, went in and like, I, I understand his feelings on the, and I get it. And I, sure. I, I get that. I totally I get mean. that. You can, you can have your preferences. You cannot like Epic Game Store. I'm talking about the, the vile. Right. The, and the, now I know that I know Techie Geek's not out there being like, fuck no. you, Tom, I'm pirating yeah, your yeah. game. Like, that's not Techie Geek. Yeah. But and, I'm just saying, I, like, don't, <laughs> I don't think we have too many. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we have too many listeners or fans, oh. you know, of level down games that are that are that type of individual either. We see, we seem to attract a, a pretty decent crowd of individuals. Thankfully. Right. So, yeah. Thankfully. But if, yeah, I mean, I mean, Fuck you. if you want to, <laughs> if you want to talk about that, please join the discord. We'd be happy to. Yeah. We, we definitely love having more people in discord and, and anytime we can have fun, civil conversations within, within the quarters of discord, uh, that that's super fun. So yeah, if you want to talk more on, on, on Axiom Verge 2 and the exclusivity stuff, jump in. Where I'm sure I'm sure there's multiple people in there that'll that'll have something to say. So <laughs> nowadays, everyone got something to say. Oh, yeah. Nothing comes out when they move the lips. I was going to say, you're not going to finish yeah. it, Sean. <laughs> you know, what? I, I think I think the main <laughs> issue of all this is that everybody act like they forgot about Dre. Yeah. 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 Smoke weed every day. Forgot about Nate Dog. Is Nate Dog still alive? <laughs> no. <laughs> he, I was going to say, died. like, he, he, he passed a while ago, didn't he? I was going to say, yeah, people probably forgot about Nate Dog because he died in 2011. Rest, rest in peace, Nate Dog. We, yeah. We're fans. We're fans. Yeah, definitely but, fans. Damn. No, to, to touch real quick on the Epic Game Store, just, just real fast, I, I, I would be remiss if I did not say, like, it is, it's actually not that difficult for those of you who are just really frustrated with Epic Game Store. I went on Epic Game Store, not as a fanboy, purchased Tony Hawk, I bought the game. The menu's easy to navigate. The game boots right up. Epic Game Store doesn't flood my PC with pop-ups the same way that Steam does. Like, it's a decent platform. You guys got to give it a shot. And they're updating it constantly. So if you hate on it, that's fine. But I, I, I just got to be honest. Like, I actually am a fan of it. And normally, I would be the person on the show who's pretty contrarian and is like, F that. No, I want to go with this. I want it my way. I, Dude, I can't argue against it. It's a good thing. <laughs> like, it's not a bad platform. <laughs> Co competition is nice. Like we talked about in the, in the professional wrestling scene. I, I, Sean, when you mentioned that, that, that made sense. Like, you know, ha having the 88% royalties going to the publishers and not whatever, you know, it is on steam. That's, that's a big deal. That's a big oh, deal. Dude. So, I mean, if your game hits hard, it's a big, it's a big difference. I mean, even if it doesn't, like, it's still a, still a big no, deal. It, it is. But I mean, when you talk about, Hey, I sold 3000 copies of the game versus like I sold 10 million that, that table, <laughs> I would, I would, I would compare it to an amortization table. Like when you, when you have a mortgage, if, if you guys own a home, like the difference in interest paid versus principal paid <laughs> when you look at your home mortgage you're like f me i just paid someone three three hundred thousand dollars for my house over the course of the loan it's huge it's like i think if if honestly if tom hap scores big on axiom verge 2 and he's on egs and he uses the money that he saved that he would have paid valve i mean he could make another game off of that just yes, on that absolutely. alone Absolutely. Just on that alone, Axiom Verge 3 could already be funded. Why wouldn't you want that? Yeah, it's a big deal. I don't know. I mean, to each his own, I get it. But it's not like this is a geographical limitation problem. 
Like, if you said something was exclusive in Target and not Walmart and your town doesn't have a Target, yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry about that. You're going to have to drive 30 miles probably to the next town over and get your, get your, you know, whatever you need. But the internet doesn't have that problem. It, it literally takes less time to type in the, the web address to download the Epic Game Store and to download it and then buy it than it would to wipe your butt after a long deuce. So I don't, <laughs> I don't understand the, the, the pushback on that. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but whatever. Well, and again, I, I see both sides of the coin because I know a lot of people don't like Epic as a company, therefore don't want to support their, their launcher. And, and I get that. I do. Because if you don't like a company, then don't support it. But you don't have to hate on. I, I honestly don't know because exactly. I don't care. Like if no <laughs> one can say what the problem is, then is there really a problem? They well, don't, they, they, they have probably, a shopping cart. There probably is. I, I and I think it's more than just their store. Like the, the issues probably with the corporate executives or or things like that. Like that's probably the and issue. I got news w- for all which, you. Which all is them more executives. I was going to say which is the issue of pretty much every. <laughs> company so you don't think um, the valve people are douchebags oh, i'm sure that i'm it's, it's, from I'm my sure. iphone i'm hey, sure i would venture to say we should boycott valve if you're going to take that sentiment which i don't think we should but if you're going to go that route the fact that they haven't put out a half-life 3 after years of their fans <laughs> clamoring for it why are you supporting them then and that's just me like you know saying that that that's my guess. i don't know because I, I i don't care like I, I don't that that kind of stuff is, is never something that I worry about. I would argue so. Epic is more about fan service to their fans than Valve is to theirs. If you look at it that way, Epic releases everything that they that they've been asked to put out. They have a Fortnite expansion pack for everything. <laughs> like it's all fan service for their games. Well, again, I, Valve, I, I, th- I think they it haven't goes released deeper. anything. I think it goes deeper than that, but um, I, I don't really know the details of of everything into why certain people don't like the Epic Game Store. But it's, the logic doesn't add up is what I'm getting at. Sure. No, I, I understand that. But like I said, I, everybody has their own beliefs and I see both sides of the coin. So the the issue more or less is if you don't like Epic and you aren't going to you know download their launcher to support Axiom Verge 2, if you were initially going to buy it on PC when it came out and, you know, you 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 got to pirate it or whatever. Just wait. That's the issue. Just wait to play it on either Switch because it's the same day, or wait till it comes to Steam or whatever. Don't. You, I mean, it, just stay going out there. I'm gonna pirate the game. That's fucking dumb. <laughs> well, not That's only stupid, that, but so. I, you know what? I challenge all those people. It's very simple. Go on Google, click images, type in Thomas Hap, and look at that guy. There's a picture of him, his wife, and his kid. Why wouldn't you want to support that guy? That dude is like, he looks like a gem of a human being. <laughs> like, like, he just looks like the nicest dude. <laughs> Again, having knowing him personally, you'll never meet a nicer guy than Tom. I mean, the guy is just trying to make it in this crazy hard world. And I would venture to say I, I work somewhere where, you know, kids with disabilities are. It is difficult to take care of a kid with a disability. Like, Kudos to that guy for going out there and doing what he loves and using the benefit of it for his son. So, yeah, you know what? You guys want to get all pissed on principle? There's your principle. Go look at a picture of Thomas Hap and you tell me what's more important. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be keeping an eye on Axiom Verge 2 because it is still scheduled to arrive later this year. And I imagine when it does, Kyle, you will be all over that. So 
I and aside from me knowing him, I totally love Axiom Verge. It's I know a, it's a me. I, I like it too, but not nearly as much as you. Oh, it's just so much fun, man. I don't, I don't think there's a Metroidvania out there. Like, well, it's not even, I won't even say Vania. It's a Metroid game. Yeah. And it's, it's more Metroid than Castlevania. That's what I love about it is that it is so purely Metroid and that is rare anymore. When's the last time you played a game that was so significantly just like a Metroid game? It's been a while. It's probably since yeah. Axiom Verge. Well, I, I I think there was one, and I can't remember which one it was, but it was something recently that really reminded me of that too. But I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but it's just, like we play through so much stuff that like that. Here. I think Gato Robato's probably is as close as I've Ooh, gotten. Gato Robato well. is definitely yeah. You're very right. Metroid, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. It's Axiom Verge is the better game, and uh, I'm so excited. He did say it's coming soon. That was his yeah. words. So. Hopefully yeah. sooner rather than later, too. Well, because it was supposed to be the end of last year initially, and then it got delayed and a little bit. And he pushed it back. Yep. So, yeah. So it, it might even be before the end of this year. Maybe it'll be summer. That'd be cool if it was summer. I'd be I'd be I'd be down for that. So uh, looking forward to playing through Axiom Verge 2. Absolutely. But let's not stop talking about these kind of games, because uh, going from Axiom Verge 2 and transitioning into Kickstart My Heart, we have oh a little gosh. 2D roguelite shooter, Kyle. And we absolutely love a good roguelike. So this week, Ryan? 150 guns, pets, items, and collectibles. What's up, Sean? The name of this one's Kingdom Gun. This is the first one I, I'm like. Oh, yeah? I'm like looking at this thing and I'm like, F me. I, I want this on the PlayStation It so looks bad. good. Yeah, this looks good. And now, uh, typically, this is a Kickstarter campaign that I initially would not choose for the show. Because... The typed up information is not much. I normally skip over small Kickstarter campaigns like that, but because this game just looks so fucking fun, I'm doing it anyway. I'm getting Earthworm Jim vibes on this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hard. Uh, Kingdom Gun is a roguelike shooter with elements from RPGs and action platformers. You are sent by the kingdom to explore and conquer a recently discovered continent. Your reason for exploring the continent depends on the character you choose. Loot, glory, conquest, vengeance, or just for fun. Every run is different. Permanent death and item randomization are also in the game, of course, because it's a roguelite. Every run allows for endless progression. Play online with friends or solo. That's legitimately the only information that they typed up for this campaign. That's all they need. Sure. But if you like scroll through, like there's some there's some exciting gifts to watch and, and check out. Uh, they give you a bit more information in the form of gifts, but they don't have a ton of typed up information. So I don't have a lot to read on the show this week for this one. This is more of a visual kickstart my heart. Go to kickstarter.com. Look up Kingdom Gun. This game looks fucking rad. Fully funded under two hours. Yeah, this one looks really cool. Kyle, what are you thinking on this one? Uh, hold on. I'm looking at the, the timeline that they've put together for this game, and it says it's, it began development on August 1st, 2020 and that alpha 1.0 was ready by september 14th is that true that's they, crazy they got the alpha together in six weeks for this game kingdom alpha gun 2.0? formally began development in august 2020 but was an idea on paper many years prior to that yeah once we got to work we were able to rapidly prototype kingdom gun to what we felt Holy was a fun smokes. experience for the player yeah wow that's crazy so so from development august 1st was development august 2nd of this year is the is the final launch test October yeah, and, and, and they're launching it in October launch. of this year. So this is a very quick turnaround game. Holy smokes, man! And it and it so, looks and it looks really good. No, it looks polished. Like if you if you listen to that, you'd be like, ah, oh, the game probably looks horrible. No, this game looks dope. 
Like, no, this it game looks, looks great. You really know, good. you know what it looks like to me is Metal Slug. Absolutely. Okay. I get a lot yeah. of Metal Slug vibes off of this. Absolutely. This looks super cool, man. Yeah, this this looks really cool. The fact that you can have little pet companions reminds me a lot of um, uh, Neon Abyss, Kyle. With yeah. The little with the eggs that would you yep. know turn into little different things. Oh, gosh. <laughs> get the stupid jokers that would throw stuff. <laughs> <in the room. laughs> this game just looks so fucking good. I, I honestly think that this is going to be the next roguelike that you and I are, you know, gushing about later this year with online co-op. Oh, my goodness. We could play it together. Yeah, we could play this together. We could play with each how other. Many, I wonder how many people you can play <laughs> on one multiplayer session. I think it's two, but $20 for the base edition or $38 to get two copies plus all of the other stuff. Yeah, the, you know, the soundtrack and all that stuff. Yeah. Closed beta access. This game looks now, good. Now, if you get a digital copy, do they give you a key to the system of your choice? Yes. That's yes, usually yes, how yes. it goes. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're able to pick through like a form or, you know, right, a questionnaire. That they, they ask you which ones you want to do. YOLO. You're doing it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this is a no-brainer, I think. Which, which tier are you jumping in at? The $20 tier. Okay. I'm probably going to jump. I'm going to jump in as well, I think. Yeah, 20 huh. bucks. Uh, this is a game I would happily pay $20 for. Yeah, I, I, I gladly will will check this out when it comes out as well. Uh, Dan, if you're listening, you usually do when, when you're not on the show. Go to Kickstarter. Look up Kingdom Gun. I think it's something that you would be down with as well. Uh, this just looks fun. This looks like so much fun. Sean, are you going to are you pledging? You said you were tempted. I, yeah, actually, I really am. I'm I'm creating an account right now. <laughs> the reason I created an account was to save all of the Kickstarters that we talk about, like I, you know, starring them and that kind of stuff. So that way we didn't have to worry about going back and finding them again. They're trying to get to their next stretch goal. There's still 15 days to go. Uh, it it kind of like stalled a little bit. They they fully funded the game in under two hours, like Sean mentioned. They were looking for fifteen thousand U.S. dollars. As a time of recording, they're sitting at over twenty three thousand with two hundred and eight backers. Again, still fifteen days to go. the uh, The next stretch goal that they're trying to get would be at thirty thousand dollars, and that would be a speed run mode, which would be cool to get. I don't know if we're gonna get like, I I, I don't even know if we're gonna get that thirty thousand, but um. I'm curious what some of the other stretch goals would end up being. And they probably don't even know. They probably aren't expecting it to get there either, which is why they don't know what the stretch goals are going to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I just threw down 20 bucks. That's my first ever Kickstarter pledge right there. Can nice. About a bit. Nice. Bus. Yeah. New this year, one looks good. New year, new Sean. He finished a game already. Uh, he pledged to a game on Kickstarter. It's like Sean's a gamer. Wow. Making strides, Sean. Making strides. You lost your hair? Woo! But you gained you gained a Kickstarter account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good trade, you know. Yeah. What you need to do is go out there and just get some snow and uh, pack it on my head. Well, I'm actually going to go pee make in a snowman. the snow. Uh, make I, a snowman. Think, you know, we we've got I don't know, like three fourths of an acre here. I'm just going to walk off when no one can see me and just just take just a write your name. That's if you never if you never wrote your name in the snow, it's fun. Yeah. Just go pee Shanzi in the snow. I've, I've written Sean's <laughs> name in the snow multiple times. <laughs> I, you know, I don't get that far because I never got enough juice. I always get like the S and the E off, you know, and then that's it. <laughs> so and then it just turns into Braille or, you know, dots or it just <laughs> Braille. <laughs> Morse code. Oh, yeah, man. It's Morse code. code. <laughs> yeah, that's a better way of saying it. <laughs> So the cool thing about this game, Kingdom Gun, they talked about each character having like a different run style. So they they show three of the characters, the Volt Knight, 
Holy uh, Bishop! Holy Bishop! And then Princess Roe, who is royalty from the Necrotic... She looks really cool from the Necrotic Lands. Uh, I, I'm curious what other characters we're going to get and, and the individual play styles of each one. I just like, love that I, the big boss that they're fighting against in the gift is called the Warden, Warren the Warden G. G. <laughs> Warden G. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to regulate, you know, like he's going to regulate so on, on us. Uh, no, this game, Even, this game looks awesome, dude. You know, the characters look great. I think that if I had to pick, you know, the way I, the way I see it, Holy Bishop looks awesome. I would probably go with that guy, but I'm excited. Uh, you're going to check this one out, Sean, because you're not really, you don't really jump into roguelites that often. Well, you guys gushed so hard over Hades that I almost bought it. Oh, and I was like, well, my God. so good. Um, and the other reason why I pledged this to be perfectly transparent is I, I hope by October that I have a lot of the games that I've already purchased well underway. If not, you know, I'm scratching the floor of my back, my backlog. Like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get into either God of War or Red Dead next. Um, you know, I've got the entire just let me know baby collection i've got the entire kingdom hearts collection uh i've got horizon that i gotta get into so i mean i won't be ready for this game anyway so you what i've learned in doing play, this Sean. show take it from me for those of you who haven't gotten into kickstarter or listen to our show and you're like eh, are you on the fence every time we highlight a game and we love it it comes out it's received well it's probably twice as much money to buy it on its release. So if you're like looking at Kickstarter and you're like, yeah, maybe, you know, like 20 bucks for this game isn't bad because when it comes out, it might be 30. It might be 35. It it could be 40, you know? So, I mean, have you guys seen that on some of the stuff that maybe you have like you've missed out and then you want to get into the game later and it costs way more? Yes, absolutely. Like, it's better to pledge if you're at all interested because it's generally a little bit cheaper. What's what? What do you think you would save on this game? Like, just guessing, you know, of course you're not. You pledged at 20 bucks. This is probably a $30 game, I'd say. Tw maybe yeah. $24.99 or $29.99. Yeah, I would Still say you're, yeah, I would say I would say you're saving either five or 10 bucks, which isn't bad. I mean, it's no. worth it. It's worth it. And, and I mean, you, you know, when you pledge, they don't charge you until until it releases. The the project. So, yeah, absolutely. Which it's 15 days to go. That's what I meant. Not when it releases, but at the end of the project. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant to so, say. So they'll charge you know what me I on meant. like the 28th, the end of the month. Right. Mm -hmm. So and then if it I doesn't mean, it's make already it over its goal, so you could sh you should count on it. But right. And then if it doesn't make it, you never get charged, obviously, but it already made it. So it's going to happen. And then I think there's been a few times where no, actually, I, I remember like there was a Kickstarter that they did and I don't know exactly how it works anymore, but I remember that like the, the game never came out or something. And I can't remember how like the game got canceled eventually. And I can't remember what, how refunds were done, but I think everybody ended up getting their money back. But I don't remember yeah. exactly. <laughs> but that doesn't happen know, that man. often. That doesn't happen that often. But I yeah, we usually highlight the games that, that were. Too. No, it, it doesn't happen often, but. Yeah, we usually highlight games here on on Kickstart My Heart that are that are awesome looking, and and I think uh, I think Kingdom Gun is awesome looking. Like this looks really cool. Well, hey, you need to text Dan. You better wake his a up right now because he would get in on this. Well, he will. He'll have time. He's got 15 days as a time of recording. No, he's, by the time by the time by, by the time right he now. hears this, <laughs> uh, by the time he hears this, there'll be uh, there'll be 13 days to go, and I don't think it's going to take him 13 days to get out of bed. <laughs> no, it might. I think it will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's getting up for a long time. 
<laughs> Kickstarter.com, the name of this one, Kingdom Gun. Go check it out. It looks really cool. Coffee. That's going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. And Sean, as we mentioned, you have the final words. You know, oh, man, I, I thought about this the whole episode. I don't really know what I'm going to say, so I'm just going to speak from me heart. <laughs> from a Gary V quote. From... <laughs> Did you say speak from me heart? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say, man, COVID has been really tough, but has what's really gotten me through it is the meme channel on our level down games discord. (laughs) And if you are not there, boy, oh boy, are you missing out? So I just want to throw a quick shout out to my boy, Sevy D. And all the peeps who participate in the memes channel, thank you for hours of laughter. And I uh, I couldn't imagine life without you right now. So there you go. This episode of the Level Down Games podcast has been brought to you by leveldowngames.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check out youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames and make sure you subscribe with notifications on, as well as twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames again with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media, as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for the episode. <laughs>